Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we have two guests with us today. Going to be talking with Sophia Dutton of the Department of Neighborhood and Community Services, as well as Jesse Ellis, also of Neighborhood and Community Services. We're talking about the Youth Survey, specifically who surveyed and why, the topics covered, how to find the information about the survey on the county's website, uh, uh, how the survey data is used to support grants, and a lot more good stuff. So uh, welcome, Sophia. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for, uh, for being on the podcast with us. Thank, thank you. you for supposed to say us. thank you. That's <laughs> thank right. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. <laughs> Put you on the spot there. Um, a, a lot to cover when we're talking about this youth survey. I, I guess uh, before we get into that, again, part of this podcast is, is for a chance for residents to kind of get to know uh, county employees, kind of who they are, what they do, and that kind of thing. So, Sophia, we'll start with you, put you on the spot. Uh, how long you've been with Neighborhood and Community Services? Exactly what is it that you do uh, with that agency? Um, I actually was have been in my position before Neighborhood and Community Services. It's, it's a consolidated um, agency, but uh, I've been working on the Fairfax County Youth Survey since 2008, mm. and um, besides the Youth Survey, I also work on some human services initiatives as a technical um, expert on, on data, oh, okay. mostly. So that's kind of your area of interest or field is kind of the data and surveys and technical kind of yes, stuff? Yes, and, and uh it's not um, my area. Process, redesign. <laughs> yeah. How did you get interested in that? Or, I mean, is this kind of a natural kind of thing, the way, way your mind works and your interest? Or, or I actually have a degree in statistics. Wow. So that's that's how I ended up getting. What um, are the odds of that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bad humor. Statistics was my downfall. So I, I admire anybody that can kind of look at statistics and numbers and processes and that kind of thing. Jesse, what about you? How long with the county? What do you do? So I've been with the county now for uh, just about 14 years. And I was a recreation major in college. Always wanted to go into public recreation and parks administration. Started at the county was a teen center director. I was mm. always interested in working with youth um, and have had a number of positions since then, um, all focused, though, on youth development or prevention um, or other areas of, of human services mm. and, and how can we best provide for uh, our residents. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, both of you, what, what do you enjoy away from work? Hopefully it's not statistics when you're not at work, Sophia. <laughs> what what floats your boat? What do you do when you're not uh, at the office? Uh, travel, hike, no, okay. read. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, spending time with my family. I've got, got two kids. Oh, okay. um, I'm a huge... So you don't have much free time then? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what little I do have, I, I tend to go to University of Maryland basketball games um, and 
follow my Washington Nationals. Oh, okay. All right. Well, enough of the, the chit-chat about, about us. Let's get into the meat of the, of the, s- the subject because I know we've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time to do it. Talking about the youth survey, and the reason we had both of you on is because we wanted to kind of talk about, I guess, from the beginning to the end. And, Sophia, you're more on the front end, I guess, kind of how the survey is put together, how the questions are formulated, that kind of thing. Talk to us a little bit about what's involved in actually having to put together a, a survey like this? Well, in 2015, we did go through a redesign. So we have we look for nationally normed questions uh, for topics that are of um, growing interest. So this year, we added questions on synthetic marijuana, e-cigarettes, uh, stress, um, and how youth use time. Because anecdotally, we keep hearing about kids are, have too much homework or mm. they have a lot of extracurricular activities. So those are some of the questions, new questions that we've added. Um, this year, we've kept a lot of the old questions where we mm. talk about uh, depress- depressive symptoms, suicide, and, and substance use. Um, but we usually look for questions that we can have either national comparisons mm-hmm. or state uh, comparisons. And, and we like to have other jurisdictions nearby to also ask similar questions oh, okay. so we could compare. Um, regionally, yeah. Uh, and and I, I just realized that maybe I didn't set this up fairly well when we're talking about the youth survey. What, wh- who are we talking about, about the youth survey? Is it high school kids? Is it elementary school kids? Is it everybody in public school? It's um, Fairfax County Public School students in 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th grade. 6th, 8th, and 10th. Okay. And 12th. 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th. And, and why is that? I mean, is there any particular reason and not... Six through 12, as opposed to every other year, just maybe <laughs> not having to put the kids through it, I guess. I think some of the, um, in terms of the comparisons, I know with monitoring the future, what we, that's our national comparison for substance use. It's uh, 8th, 10th, and 12th grade students. Okay. And then I think at some point in, in the history of the youth survey, we wanted to look to see what the prevalence was for certain things, um, such as uh, inhalant use and bullying amongst um, slightly younger set because some of these issues do start um, occurring mm-hmm. at, at younger ages. Mm-hmm. Than Look, looking back, and I don't think either one of you, if I'm correct, were here when the youth survey started, but from uh, knowing what the survey is about and, and kind of how it got started, what's the why? I mean, why are we surveying 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th graders in the public schools? What's the, I guess, what's the end goal? Yeah, it's it's really to be able to identify the needs and issues facing kids. Um, we we do, as Sophia mentioned, we hear a lot of you know often you'll hear anecdotal type stories. This is this is what's happening to our kids, and and this helps us to understand. The survey helps us to understand just how prevalent those things are. Um, it helps us to recognize what may be a more common issue than another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps us be able to target when we have limited resources and limited ability to to address every issue of concern, mm-hmm. figure out what is most important, and also be able to look and see what might be affecting populations or subpopulations in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. One of the great benefits of the survey is that we survey every 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th grader. Oh, it's, wow. not just a, it's not just a sample. So we have uh, 
a huge data set and we're able to identify differences among boys and girls, among the mm. different grades, about, among different race and ethnicities. Um, and, uh, and so that really helps us be able to, to tailor a lot of our right. interventions. I, you mentioned surveying everyone, and that was actually a question I was going to ask. I mean, how many surveys were we're in? Let me set this up. We're in the fall of 2015. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when is this? Has the survey just completed? Is it being done? How many kids take the survey? I mean, can you kind of throw out some of the numbers for us? Well, we just collected the 2015 data, so with, we haven't even. It's still sitting in a warehouse okay. somewhere. So, so no answers for No us answers yet. for 2015 <laughs> until the fall of 2016. But okay. in 2014, um, we had almost 47,000 FCPS students surveyed. Wow. And we usually have a participation rate in the high 80% range to low 90% range. Okay. So it's not a mandatory thing for the students to do? No. Parents have the option to opt out their students um, and students themselves. If on the day of they decide they just don't want to do it, okay. they can, they can uh, just tell the teacher who's administering that they do not want to participate and there's a optional activity. Right. And this is a collaborative effort between Fairfax County government and Fairfax County Public Schools? Correct. Okay. So it's administered during a school day, yes. I, I guess you will. So, okay. So there's advance notice there home to the parents. There is a mandatory so then, a 30-day parent notification letter has to mm. go out to give parents the opportunity to uh, review the survey questions and, and opt their students out. Mm -hmm. What what would be a reason or a concern that that either parents or students would would not want to take the survey? Is it's anonymous? I'm assuming they don't have to put their names on it. It is anonymous. Um, everything's confidential. We um, there are just some families if they feel like some of the questions are very sensitive that they don't. You know, we do amongst eighth, tenth, and twelfth graders. We do ask questions about sexual behavior, sexual health, and um, some families, obviously, you know, with family life education, they, they opt their children mm -hmm. out of that, and so they may decide to also opt their children out of the right. survey. Um, you mentioned that, that kind of topic area. What, what are some of the questions or topic areas that we're asking, and are we, are we asking, is it like a two-page survey with 10 questions, or are we asking, you know, 150 questions? I mean, kind of give us some insight on, on that. I think the 2014 youth survey had over 200 questions for the wow. 8th, 10th, and 12th graders. Wow. The 6th graders take a modified, shortened survey, um, and we do ask questions related to substance use, bullying, cyberbullying, mm. um, mental health, um, and, and healthy behaviors. We ask about nutrition, physical mm. activity, screen time. Okay. So when all these numbers are put together, and you're, you're kind of helping formulate the questions and such in my limited understanding of surveys to, is, I guess, not lead folks to give you a certain answer, but, you know, that kind of thing. So all these surveys, 47,000-some-odd, what do you do with all these, I assume, paper surveys? Yes, we, we have a <laughs> vendor who scans them okay. and provides a raw data file. We have another vendor who writes the report, but we also get um, the data sets back and some ad hoc analysis does take place here at the county where um, statistical programs are written and mm. we look at cross tabs so that's how sometimes we look at other um, analysis that goes beyond what's available in the full report and the highlights video that's available online on the county's oh, website okay. but sometimes you know we will look to see um, 
for example, youth who report um, depressive symptoms. Mm -hmm. We look to see um, how they differ in response with kids who did not report depressive symptoms. So we look right. at um, prevalence of substance use, bullying, just to see what the correlations see are. If things, one thing leads to another, if they're tied together, that kind of thing. Right. That sounds like a huge job, and that takes a couple of days, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, the, the Fairfax County Youth Survey is, uh, ha happens annually now, okay. and, but each cycle takes more than 12 months. So we do have overlapping wow. cycles where right now I am still doing analysis on the 2014 data, but we're also uh, doing quality assurance now on the 2015 data that, we, that were just collected. Wow. Okay. We're talking with Sophia Dutton and Jesse Ellis about the youth survey, and Sophia's got all these questions, Jesse, and she's put this wonderful survey together and getting all this analysis and data, and here you go. Have at it. What, what do you do with all this information that's showing you stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a few things that we do. We obviously take a look ourselves to try and identify what kinds of trends are going on, mm -hmm. and, and so... You know, one of the great things that we've seen that's that's aligned with national data is over the 15 years almost now of doing the survey, the you know, the rate of smoking has just inc decreased incredibly to the mm. point now that it's below 5% of oh, wow. kids are smoking cigarettes. Um, we look to see where how we compare against the national averages. And, or, um, and so in many areas we we are very favorable and, and have um, better outcomes than we see nationally. There's a few areas where we don't, mm -hmm. um, particularly uh, among kids who are reporting uh, symptoms of depression. We, we do worse than nationally, so we huh. identify that as a as a major area to, to focus on. okay We look at the how different, factors relate to each other. Mm -hmm. um, most important, I think, is recognizing the importance of protective factors, which we also um, ask about. And a protective factor is basically something that's present in a kid's life that uh, when it's there, the kid is less likely to have a negative outcome. Oh, okay. And so we ask a variety of protective factors, but when you look at the cumulative effect of them, so kids who report, for example, being involved in community service and mm -hmm. extracurricular activities mm -hmm. and kids who have adults in their community that they can turn to when they have problems or teachers who recognize when they do good work, um, the more of those that kids have in their life, the less likely they are to to engage in negative behaviors or otherwise mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. the outcomes that we don't want them to have. Right, right. So if you, for example, um, kids who report out of the six protective factors that we look at for this analysis, kids okay. who report that they have zero of those protective factors in their lives, of those 60%, over 60% of them report signs of being depressed. Wow. Kids who have just three of those in their life, that number drops to below 40%. Huh. When you have kids who uh, report having all six of those protective factors in their life, only uh, about 15% of them report wow. signs of depression. And we see similar types of um, trends for just about everything we look at, whether it's 
substance use or whether it's gang involvement or mm-hmm. whether it's uh, being a bully or carrying a weapon. The, the list goes on and on. And this is another thing that mirror, mirrors national trends, but it's great to be able to look at it locally and, and be able to, to point to these right. and say, if we can focus on making sure that kids have these opportunities and these supports in their lives, we can make a big difference on this entire range of outcomes that we're trying to address. So these six <clears throat> protective factors, um, does all this information, does that help lead to policy recommendations, program implementations, things like that to try to increase those areas to decrease the bad kind of thing? I mean, what what's done with this information that you get and you know you know this helps that, et cetera. Kind of, kind of walk me through that process. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So uh, a great example of this is that in over the past couple of years, through a partnership through um, with Fairfax County Public Schools, the Fairfax Falls Church Community Services Board, and, and others, we have made available an online training that was developed for teachers, and it's it's labeled as a suicide prevention training. But the focus of it is teaching teachers how to engage with students, so mm. that if you think that there's a if you have a if there's a youth that's exhibiting signs of mental distress or or other kind of mental health problem or any kind of issue in their life, mm-hmm. how to approach them, how to talk with them, how to engage them, and. The trainings are online. They're very interactive. They're a lot of fun. Um, they uh, and they're they're free for anybody to take. <laughs> Always the school a good system. <laughs> so this this goes back to that protective factor of of having adults involved in your life mm. that are caring. And the schools recognizing how important this is have made it mandatory for every teacher in Fairfax County Public Schools to take this training. Oh wow. We actually hear back from teachers that it's one of the most amazing, best trainings they've ever taken. Wow. We've also made it available for free for anybody in Fairfax County. Because while the training is geared towards teachers, it really is beneficial for any adult. Um, because it's all about how to engage with youth, how to talk to them, how to get them to open up. And so going back to those mm-hmm. Uh, protective factors of having adults in your life that you can approach when you have questions yeah. or problems or you need help. When adults have these skills to be able to interact with kids, kids are more likely to feel that support right. and, 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 and believe that they have adults that are interested in them and, and care about them. And so by making these things available, um, by implementing the policies, um, we can make sure that we have more and more adults yeah. in Fairfax County who are who are able to support kids. Yeah. I think you've just given me an, an answer to the question I was going to ask for either one of you or both of you to, to answer is, is, is I, I'm assuming since we have a few folks that opt out or parents that opt out, there may be some folks that would say, why do you survey youth? There's nothing to be gained, you know, blah, blah, blah. You've just given me a great answer to that question, but can you answer it again anyway about why we should do the youth survey? What's the benefits from from doing this? And and either or both of you. I can start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
it helps us understand what's really going on. Um, it helps us get a good picture of the challenges that, that youth face. It, by looking at these interactions and, and trying to see how these different things are related, it helps us be able to better target the, the type of work that we do and mm -hmm. the interventions that we do. It helps us use our resources more wisely. Um, and, it, and in a lot of ways, it gives kids a voice mm. um, at, you know, there's lots of opportunities, I believe, in Fairfax County for youth to be involved in things. This gives us a chance for pretty much every kid to let us know what affects them, right. what their concerns are, um, and to be able to, to try and do something about it and be able to, to share with the broader community and with policymakers what what those results are and, mm. and what the data is showing us. That's an excellent point. If someone wanted to see the survey or pass surveys, is that possible? Are they available online? Is there a telephone number folks can call to ask for more information about the surveys, et cetera? The youth survey does have its own webpage on the county okay. website. So they, anyone can go to www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash youth survey and there are links to uh, the current, the most recent report. There's also uh, links to past reports, all of our videos, the fact sheets that pulls mm -hmm. out the most pertinent information. Um, so there are a lot of hot topics that um, we just want to make right. sure that the information is as accessible as possible. Right. So those are all available and there's a link to the county's um, the prevention toolkit as well. Yeah, the, the toolkit is a great resource. We would go around often and present results of the survey. People would say, that's great, now what? <laughs> and we developed a, a, an online toolkit that, that helps communities and organizations um, be able to look at the data and identify what it is that they would like to, within their own oh. communities or organizations, focus on. It provides a lot of resources yeah, to help okay. build programs or develop policies. Um, or develop messaging strategies to be able to address these needs. Awesome. So you can okay. link to that straight from the youth survey website. Okay. You can also on the website you can see the actual survey instrument itself. Oh, okay. So you can see the specific questions that get asked. There's information, more information, wow. uh, details about how it's administered and okay. and analyzed. Very cool. Okay, so FairfaxCounty.gov/youthsurvey. Sounds very simple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so all the information we need is there. Uh, we are right on the edge of time being up, you know, maybe 15 seconds apiece. Any final thought, final comment, anything we, we haven't addressed really quickly about the youth survey? We'll just open it up to either, either or both of you for, for the final word. Well, I think one thing we, we do want to mention is that for um, staff to figure out in terms of where to allocate resources, a lot of this data, we, we do get some of the variables back um, by high school pyramid. So we can identify schools where we have higher prevalence of oh, um, certain issues. So if we need to um, have divert more staff to those places or look at programming, we, we can do that. That's a good point. Okay. And I, and I think just the most important thing is to be aware that it's out there, to look at the data, um, and to try and use that to help drive the things that, that, mm -hmm. that we're putting in place. Mm -hmm. 
maybe parents would even want to pull up the survey and kind of go through it a little bit with their their child or something and have a chance for a discussion and dialogue. Absolutely. Hmm. It's, you know, one of the couple of the biggest protective factors, particularly in the substance use world, are um, kind of understanding the actual prevalence. So when kids say, yeah, but everybody's smoking pot. Right. And then you can look at the youth survey together and say, 90% of kids are not smoking pot. Wow. Then that helps kind of reframe the issue a bit. Um, we also know that when parents talk to their, their children about these issues um, and engage in conversation about it, kids are less likely to engage in those negative mm. behaviors. So it provides a, an opportunity, it provides a, a common point of interest to, to start those conversations. Right. Okay. So many more questions I have, so much more information I know we could get to, but uh, we, we do have to cut it off because of time. But I want to thank Sophia Dutton and Jesse Ellis with uh, the county's Department of Neighborhood and Community Services being with us today to uh, talk about the youth survey. So thanks for, uh, for the good information there. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. If uh, you'd like to get more uh, Fairfax County news and events, you can uh, visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government. We thank you for listening.